0: We get like halfway through the show and you're like, oh, shit. I mean, there's a decent chance I do that anyways, but not because I forgot to record it.
1: <laughs> you're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 427 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I am Stephen Seagraves, joined by Mr. Seth Miller. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a rainy season, so, you know. Might snow here. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's...
0: We had snow the other day.
1: April that's snow right. just is not great for me. I, like,
0: I'm over I've... it. Yeah. I still remember in college my plane getting deiced going home on, like, Mother's Day weekend in May. Oh, God. In upstate New York. So, uh, yeah, that's my standard for is it a good idea or not. <laughs>
1: Um. So I, I think I think the big news for you, at least, is that there's a new airline coming to Lincoln, uh, Nebraska. To be clear, Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> Lincoln, what, what other Lincoln is? There? Uh, and and you're you are unexpectedly excited, or maybe expectedly excited. I'm amused
0: by this. <laughs> so, let's. It's not an airline. Okay, a little bit like uh, Janet in the Good Place. Not a robot, not an airline, <laughs> uh, but it is. It's a charter operation. They've done up some branding. It's called Redway, mm-hmm. and it's playing on the red of uh, the university. Yeah, it's right? so fine. Uh, charter operated by Global Crossing. They're gonna have 180 seat A320s or 183 seat A321s, I think, from the uh, release I saw. Okay, and the plan is to serve seven cities twice a week each from during this coming summer. Hmm. They'll do two trips on like a Thursday Sunday pairing, I think, and then there's a Monday Friday pairing, and then there's a Wednesday Saturday, depending on which city and destinations. And nothing flies on Tuesday, so okay, need to recover and you know. And it. so are those are
1: those flights like so they like they're basically out and backs. For those yeah. two days, and then...
0: So, yeah, you do... Well, you do a... Nah, Maybe I mis-explained. You do a... I think I, I wrote it down. Yeah, they fly from, like, Lincoln to Austin, back to Lincoln to Atlanta, back to Lincoln to Minneapolis, and back. Okay. okay, That's one day. I think that's uh Monday and Friday. That's the routing. Uh, Thursdays and Sundays, I, if I remember correctly, it's to Orlando and then to Las Vegas. Okay. And the other one is to... Nashville and to Austin. No, Austin. I don't know. Nashville and somewhere else. Okay. How many of these have you booked? No, no, no not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so my my problem is, is they're start, they're launching in June. I'm I have a couple of problems. One, I'm not sure when I'm coming back to the United States in June yet. Yeah, uh, if I'm going to stay in Europe for the Paris Air Show or not. But also, I really try to not travel in the U.S. in the summer. Oh, I, I can't imagine why. Because it's going to be chaos and. <laughs>
1: Uh, and expensive, like fares yeah. are insane. Yes, like yeah. I think it was like nine hundred and something dollars to do Philly to Denver. Yeah,
0: which is insane. So, anyway, so uh, the... Redway, uh, they've got a basic economy product that's actually stupid cheap, and then everything costs some money, as you might imagine: uh, seats, bags, etc., including a carry-on. Yeah, uh, their regular economy fare is almost reasonable. <laughs> and they're selling what they're calling a premium. It's like a Eurobiz blocked middle seat. Okay. What's, what I found interesting is that they're basically selling those even at undercutting the economy class price that you could get from United with a connection. United is the only airline that currently flies out of Lincoln. They've got uh, Denver, Houston, and Chicago. Real? I didn't realize they had three. I didn't realize Houston was there. That's yeah. Awesome. Houston's relatively new. It used to just okay. be the other two. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting. The, it's cheaper. I mean, admittedly, like airfare through the hell knows. I only spot checked a handful, but it was cheaper on all the ones I looked at to do this new Redway instead or fly. Yeah, Redway instead of United. But Lincoln is an hour down from Omaha, and mm-hmm. once you get there, you've got nonstop options on multiple airlines in many cases for all of these routes. And there, oh, red red and cheaper. Like, does,
1: I guess, American fly
0: Omaha to Austin or something? Do they do one of those? Allegiant has yeah. Omaha. Oh, okay. Um,
1: yeah. So
0: that's the, that's arguably the one where this is the best comparison, where this has the best chance of success, and even that, they're only running it for the summer and cutting it. hmm Delta has Atlanta and Minneapolis, uh, as you might imagine. Someone has Las Vegas, maybe it's Southwest.
1: Uh, well, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. That's actually, I mean, it's a little surprising, like, Southwest doesn't fly Lincoln to, say, love or something. I, yeah. That that does surprise me a little bit. Like I feel like they could do that once or twice a day and make money. I, I don't know. But then again, I'm not in the airline
0: business, so. No. No. <laughs> and you know, remember, love is relatively full. It may be an issue at that end.
1: And uh, that's true. Yeah.
0: Um, and anyway, so it's, it's interesting. It's funny. The, the the other part about it though is that the city is subsidizing it.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: To the tune I've heard, three million dollars tossed around, <laughs> and. Where that becomes interesting to me is we're in the midst of uh, application season for the small community small community air service development program grants, which this is something the feds do. So you're familiar with the central air service, right, where yep. Yep. routes are subsidized and guaranteed to operate. In addition to that, there's this small communities program where cities can apply for annual grant funding. And I think it's up to two years, a certain amount per year. And it's this comes with a local match, usually. Okay. So, like, the city or the Chamber of Commerce or local business would come together and, like, we've got $800,000 that we are guaranteeing. We'd like, you know, matching funds from the feds or comparable funds from the feds, don't have to be the same number, to help us attract a new airline and provide revenue guarantees and whatnot. And, every you know, 50-ish apply every year, 20 to 30, get it. It's... An interesting program you see a lot of very small uh, a lot of markets end up getting either regional jets yep or uh smaller slash alternate carriers so last year breeze and avella were involved in a half dozen of these applications okay right and sun country was actually the I don't know, was a weird one in that rather than just flying connections, most of the time what the program brings is you get a connecting flight into a hub, and then you are quote-unquote in the network, and people move on from there. Sun Country, and we talked about this last year at some point, basically won a bid by connecting, I think it was Rochester, Mm -hmm. Minnesota, to Orlando and Las Vegas. Yep. And also to Minneapolis uh, for the connections. So... This seems to me to be a bit of that play, but didn't wait around for the fed funding to come through. They just are spending the money and doing it hmm. stuff i mean
1: with with college traffic, it's a little weird to do this in the summer for me mm-hmm. like it's it's a little strange because college is out right, and kids go home. I mean maybe this is serving kids going home, but even that I think is a
0: stretch like to me this't nah, br- doesn't start till mid June kids are gone
1: yeah i i to me this starts this feels like it should be a service that's like Done for spring break um lincoln's not a huge city uh, we especially when college is out it reminds me a bit of i mean it's bit smaller than lubbock but it reminds me of lubbock um just kind of it's a college town with a drinking problem um no just uh it's just a it's a small city that's could be served by something an hour and a half away right yeah so it's interesting i mean Orlando, I think makes sense. Austin kind of makes sense. I don't know who wants to go to Austin.
0: people. With and I don't know if that's including the students or not, but even if it is, that's not tiny. True. True. So I, it mean, is, I, I just I associate with you know I attribute or and analogize it to Gainesville, Florida, where I grew up. Yeah. Um. And Gainesville, which is 150,000, is half the size. Yeah. So and has supported. Gainesville's that small? I didn't realize that. Without the students, yeah, huh. I, I would have thought it was a little bigger. It was only like, I want to say when I was growing up, you know, when I was there forty years ago, it was probably fifty thousand, sixty thousand. So okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, Lubbock's bigger,
1: but I mean, Lubbock and, um,
0: It was close. Nineteen ninety, yeah, we were under a hundred. Yeah, in so
1: it's three hundred thousand people. I guess I, I guess I just don't understand the destination. I like I don't know who wants to go to Austin in the middle of summer. Like that seems like a terrible idea, um, but. I guess people do. Um, Minneapolis kind of makes sense. Las Vegas makes sense all the time.
0: Yeah, Vegas and Orlando are the one. I mean, and and, and the days they're flying them, right? Thursday to yeah. Sunday, It's long weekend travel. I get it. Yep. I don't know if you get people doing the the off window, right? Like, mm-hmm. is the plane going to fly out to Orlando empty on Sunday? Or are people going to go for the Sunday to Thursday trip? Yeah. I mean, they could, right? If just, they
1: want to walk away or something. I mean, I, right. that kind of... That makes some sense.
0: And some um, people will do full weeks. Like I, I get it, but it's I don't know. I want to I want to take these trips mostly because it's I just think it's hysterical that the lines exist. But I don't know what, which of them will still exist in September when I'll finally be ready to do it.
1: Yeah, and you were looking. I think you mentioned like there's not a lot of like good connection. Like you're not like you can connect. It's it's all unprotected, right?
0: Everything's unprotected, right? They don't sell
1: connecting flights. But yeah. there's the way it's scheduled. There's only the one plane. Yeah. Yeah. So And there's only four gates at Lincoln, like four you know jet bridges
0: at Lincoln. So. got jet bridges, that's not so bad. <laughs> uh, again, I, I'm comparing to Gainesville, which for the longest time didn't. Uh, <laughs> These have a uh, garbage can full of umbrellas that they'd use when it was raining. <laughs> so really a garbage can that they'd put at the bottom of the stairs, and they'd hand you a giant golf umbrella as you walked out the door of the terminal. And then you had it as a little bin when you get to the end. And at the other end, that you put it in, and they wheeled it back to the terminal.
1: Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like the remote gates at Dulles.
0: Yeah. Freaking um. Horrible. Anyways, uh, they're unprotected connections, but because it's just the one plane, I can't imagine you'd miss. The question is, like, is it worth doing? Mm-hmm. And what, which of the two cities? Like, that's why I sort of figured out which cities the airplane flies between every day. Like, could I do Atlanta to Minneapolis with six hours in between while the plane is going somewhere else or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Head downtown and grab a snack, grab a quick dinner or lunch. I don't know. The mm-hmm. Quilt Museum?
1: The Quilt Museum. Yeah, for sure. Quilting Museum sounds fascinating. Uh, if you get stuck, you can stay at the lovely I 80 Hampton Inn. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> five stars. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to do in Lincoln, I don't think. But
0: yeah, I mean, well, I have friends. back am schedule it for a game day weekend.
1: i not that Yeah, scared. yeah, yeah. I would say don't do that. Um, maybe that's really what it's for at the end of the day,
0: is like for football season when it comes around. Eh. Probably the, not. I mean, the, even the if market the connections aren't great. The know. markets that it's serving don't do that. You know, the Friday and the Sunday flights, I guess, but they go to different places. And you'd think they would need connection to other the Big Twelve schools. Yeah, they're Big Twelve. No, they're Big Ten now. Nebraska's
1: Big Ten, I think.
0: Is Big Ten and Big Twelve different league? Yes. Conferences. Yes. Okay. Big Ten's like Purdue, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I just remember that the Big Twelve doesn't have twelve teams anymore, so that was weird.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's Nebraska's in the Big Ten. I they used to be in the Big Twelve, um, and then you know, they okay. decided yeah, to yeah. go to
0: you know SEC and stuff. So. Yeah. So by, but like they, they're not gonna fly to some of those cities.
1: So. Yeah. Anyway. No. No. It makes sense. I was looking like I mean you could theoretically
0: like rent a car or whatever and go up to Omaha if you wanted or something. So if I get stuck, I will probably rent a car, go to Machado, escape. Yes. Yes. The only other thing I'll say is it's because it's public charter, mm-hmm. it's not like you have to sign an agreement that you're taking a charter flight. And oh, really? Yeah. And the rules are different. They're like, if we have a major schedule change, we'll refund your money. But our definition of major schedule change is more than forty eight hours. Oh, so they just they get to operate under some different rules. Yeah. So if you're actually considering, and, and I'm only half ass considering this, if you're seriously considering this, just. Note that it's not the normal commercial airline benefits and operations.
1: What um, does that mean, um, like, as far as, if they were to cancel the flight, I mean, they basically can just refund your money. I mean, you're not going to sit around for a week and take the next flight, I'm guessing.
0: Probably not. I mean, the next one should only be three or four days later, but probably not.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I mean, it's interesting. There's, There's a brewery really close to the airport. This well, if brewing. this comes to fruition i'll get back in touch with you for some <laughs> real. <period. laughs> i'm like looking at all the options for you i'm looking after yeah. you okay um and then you you put something on the on the notes and i have no idea what this is because you didn't include a link but really cool airline
0: what is, what yeah is this? this is in thailand and i can't decide if the, i mean i'm looking at the website now i can't decide if this is basically the same as that Hamburg. One that was an absolute scam, jumped up by a 17-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they claim that they're 181 days from departure. Interesting. Uh, pictures of A350s. Uh,
1: yeah. Do you think it's going to actually happen? Should people book this, or should they
0: wait? Oh, I don't think you can actually book it yet. It's The guy starting it uh, is, I think, former Knock Air. So he's a real, like, understands airlines, at least. Uh, interesting. Yeah. But <laughs> focus on flights to Japan. Uh, Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Currently in the process of trying to get their certificates for operation. Hoping to get them by September and operate in December.
1: Hmm. I will say, that is an interesting market. Like, Japan to Thailand. I was looking... I've been looking at flights. I was supposed to go to Thailand... Was looking at flights and consistently sold out in business, even on paid fares through Tokyo, like every day.
0: Yeah, I, I think part of that is there's not a lot of feed. I mean, stuff to the U.S. from Thailand, there's no non-stops Yeah, and there's it's the feed is tough. Uh, United has the joint venture with A If I remember correctly, American has a joint venture with JAL or, yep. or is a partner at least, um, but like. The onwards, the other onward would be via Singapore or via uh, Hong Kong, typically with Cafe or Singapore Airlines or Cafe. Yep. Cafe is still way, way down in capacity. Singapore's coming back, but I'm not sure what their capacity into Thailand is right now. So, you know, what, and especially for business, there's a ton of technology, business travel, and factories and stuff that people got to get to. So it, yeah. uh,
1: I mean, the other option is Seoul, but even that, I think,
0: yeah, it's not great,
1: but I mean, and that's that's Delta's connecting. Right. Yeah. Really. So yeah. Um, I, I think the and the other part of that, too, is that when you when you look at travel into Southeast Asia, some of the timings like out of Hong Kong specifically back to the United States, like they're starting to run. United starting to run the, the Hong Kong, San Francisco flight, but it leaves Hong Kong now at like 11 p.m. So it's a really weird arrival back into the U.S. It's like what I, time think, after I think right? it's like I think it's like midnight almost. So you can't really connect to anything. Like it's if you're not using it as O and D,
0: yeah, hmm, it's really hard. Um, yeah, that's a weird choice.
1: Yeah, and I don't I don't know if that's because they don't want the
0: crew, like if the crew. I don't even know what the reasoning would be because it's not stopping anywhere else. Like it's yeah, and, and I mean the crew has to spend the day. Yeah, they're not doing, they're not round tripping that,
1: or or unless they're taking up business seats, and they just sure. fly the crew back like they don't. It, it
0: lands at eight. Eight.
1: Sorry, I thought it was at one point it was later.
0: Yeah, 10:30 p.m. departure lands at eight. Maybe it was daylight saving time mismatch. Yep, um, that's still no. not great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're going back to New York or anything East Coast, you take a red eye. Yeah,
1: so yeah, it's really it's really weird. Um, let's talk about uh, Lufthansa and. Uh, and
0: uh, it does R- move to an earlier time in, by May. Just so you know. Okay.
1: Uh, tell me about Lufthansa and our favorite uh, airline we love to to rag on, I.T.A.
0: Not all Italia. <laughs> Uh, not all Italia lost 480 million euro last year, citing macroeconomic conditions. I I wish I had $480 million to just set on fire and then go, eh, well, you're not the Italian government. (laughs) Um, also calling it macroeconomic conditions. I mean, to be fair, they, their long haul operations weren't really fully up and running last summer. And, 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 and fuel prices are up and staffing is hard and all that stuff. But that's a lot of money to lose given how well things generally were in Europe over the last 12 months and between Europe and North America, which is one of their main areas of focus. Yeah. Uh, Lufthansa appears to be progressing towards completing the transaction to buy ITA, but on the heels of ITA announcing this massive loss said... Oh, see, you guys are actually a terrible, run airline. and We're going to need a discount. Sorry. And so now it's there. Seems to be some question of what the actual price for the deal is going to be.
1: I mean, to be fair, ita kind of set themselves, and the Italian government kind of set themselves up for that. So,
0: yeah, I mean, but I part of me almost wonders if Lufthansa didn't like drag out this to well, wait till like, the till they the they finances, could, so they could learn what the real numbers are. Yeah, but do you blame them? No, <laughs> like they're they're buying a lemon and they know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're, they're really they're buying access to the gates into the. Yeah, right, That's like yeah, the gates and exactly. plots, the sort of the operation, and hoping they can get rid of a lot of the people. I would assume. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, tell me about some business class seats uh, this time
1: from an, a company called AFKL
0: Air France KLM.
1: Oh, oh, they offered a new seat. No fees. Oh. (laughs) Seat fees. Oh, God. I didn't
0: read the full note. Oops. And I'll put a slash next time between AFKL. Uh, Yeah, they are going to start charging for seat assignments in certain markets for long-haul business class. This shit's getting out of hand. And so it's not to North America, at least to start, it seems. And obviously their elites get the benefit of having that fee waived, a la British Airways. But, yeah, not great. I don't, I mean, I know why they don't do this,
1: but I wish they would just put it in the fair and be like, okay, we made you fair, go up by $25 or whatever the stupid fee is to book a seat. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I want to drop my F-bomb. It's ridiculous, but I won't yeah. drop the F-bomb. Like, this is stupid. You're paying nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000, and they're, they're penny-pinching. You know, what a, anyway. All right, move on. i do not going <laughs> to talk about this anymore.
0: Finnair Cuts. Um, Finnair has citing, been, right, this is they're getting screwed by the Russian airspace closure. Yep. So can't, can't really get to the mid-east, uh, or it, to the far east easily anymore. Um, that's a problem. And so they pivoted, they have started flying to Dubai, I think. Like, there's just a lot going on there. Uh, but ultimately, uh, they're They're trying to make things work, and it's not going great. The latest bit is citing the need to cut costs. They're going to what do they say? They're going to cut the second meal in economy class on flights to New York and to Dubai. okay, so you get your first meal when you leave Helsinki mm-hmm. uh, and instead of that snack typically that you get is the second meal eight hours later or seven yeah. hours later, you're going to get uh buy on board options
1: yeah that's kind of nasty, yeah I mean Helsinki to New York is it always eight hours It's close walked right? at eight forty
0: five yeah I don't know that's I don't love that no i I understand they're getting rid of they're getting rid of blankets or they're getting rid of pillows but keeping blankets um, they had a note about in the press release like, oh. You should make sure – you should consider packing granola bars because those go through security easily. Like, super chipper about how great they're going to be and help you out. It's pretty funny. I mean, I would
1: get it if they, like, did something where they didn't have to – like, maybe it was something that they handed out before the flight or something, like, on you know, at the gate. Yeah. And here's some here's some granola bars. Or something. I would kind of get that, but I don't know, eight hours without a me- – like, if you're going to have a meal and then you have to pay before you land – I
0: don't know, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of. That's a tough one to me, also. Yep. And it seems like it's too far to be considered the shorter long haul flights. Now, low cost carriers do it. I remember Norwegian when I flew them, and I assume North still does it. Like on shorter transatlantic flights, you had to do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
1: And I mean, does this really help them with the bottom line? Like how? I, I, I mean, of course they've crunched the numbers, right? To,
0: to... Right. They know how much they're going to save. What they don't know is how much it's going to cost them. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: like, are people not going to fly Finnair? I mean, if you're in Finland, I mean, I guess you can connect to someone else. But it's not like SAS is doing great either. So... Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, I do yeah, uh, Right, this is... And when I wrote about this, I basically I pulled up the Gordo, the old Gordo quote, uh, Gordon Bethune from Continental, right? You can make a pizza so cheap, nobody will eat it. You can make an airline so cheap, no one will fly it. Is this the last straw? And sort of going back to the seating fees from Air France and KLM, like... Probably
1: not. Yeah, here's here's my question. I mean, we can talk about the Kalen thing. I, I just, it, it annoys me, because how bad are they doing financially that this is like, oh, they're like, oh, this is a good idea. Like, what, who, what Penny Pincher consultant was like, yeah, you know, seat selection, make them pay for it. They're already buying a $10,000 business class seat. Why not make them pay for one more thing? Yeah, it's just, it seems like they're getting bad advice, and they're just going to piss off people who
0: do fund a lot of the the, yeah. the flight, hey, right? They the question that. is, even when they're pissed off, are they going to stop buying? Are they going to book away? And I'm yeah. not sure they will. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're, I mean, if you're in a captive market,
1: if you're in Paris or you're in Amsterdam, like, why would you connect if you can get a nonstop to pretty much
0: anywhere? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I still fly BA. I'm flying a lot of BA this year because it was so much cheaper and I haven't paid a seat fee yet. But, uh... Even if I had to pay the seat fee, it was cheaper than the alternatives. Yeah. So that's different than a ten thousand dollar full fare ticket we were paying also. But you know. We're considering yeah, we just won't know, right? Until for a while, until this goes yeah. into place and we won't. And well, you know if it was this or something else. It's what it's really hard to prove one way or another. Yeah. But on the bottom line you can definitely see the real number of you can see the revenue.
1: Uh, host, hotels.com. I mean, this made a lot of news. So hotels.com has destroyed its, its loyalty program. I think people were really up in arms about this. I know you're a hotels.com user. Was.
0: Was. Not going to be anymore. I've got five nights redeemed. They, they gutted it. So it's been part of Expedia for a long time. Uh, the old program was based, I mean, the old, old program was even better. Um, right. The old, old program was, I think you booked 10 nights and then your next night was free. Basically up to several hundred dollars. Um. Uh, so you could book 10 dumps and, you know, crappy nights and then book a, a really nice one. And then they changed it so it became every 10 you got one free, but the free one was the average of the rate you ba- you paid. Mm. So basically straight 10% rebate. Um, that wasn't terrible. I've got a bunch of rooms. Some are cheaper than others. I need to finally start using them, it would seem. Uh, I've got five <laughs> booked up that I need to redeem still. So uh, there's that. But the new version is 2%. Wow. And the only slight vaguely better whatever you could argue is that it it also includes a bunch of other things like rental cars and other stuff through Expedia all into a single account. So it's nice to consolidate that. Yep. And you get, you earn your credits towards their elite program. Based on all of your activity, so like uh, a rental car, a three-day rental car and three-night hotel stay becomes six, cre- six credits towards elite status. Plus, your flight mate each way counts as one, that gets you eight. Like, and like silver status comes at five, and gold comes at ten. So status is stupid easy. Mm-hmm. And when you hit status, your earn rate grows, but still not enough to make up for the cuts. I mean, do you think this is cost cost savings, or I mean, were they were they really hurting that bad? No, I. If I had to bet, I'd say it has to do with consolidating to a single program rather than multiple loyalty programs, Mm, and then coming up with a you know sort of standard earn rate across all the stuff. I part of me also wonders if they're seeing pressure from hotels on commissions. Mm. Right. The the main reason. The program could be so rich historically as that hotels, especially independent hotels, paying an OTA like Expedia for booking could have been 20 to 30 percent in some scenarios. I got you. Yeah. And if they finally started negotiating those rates down or doing a better job of selling directly and not needing the OTAs as much, the, I could the, see that the,
1: the OTAs, the, the OTAs need to do something to, to make up that cost or, or to interact oh, with no. you. Yeah. 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 Wow. that's—I mean—it's interesting. I know there's a lot of people who use the Hotels.com program. Like I, 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 you're not the only one, and so I was a little shocked that they've kind of gutted it this much. But they've again—they've got the numbers, so they clearly know this is how much it's costing them. Um, yeah. But again, it won't—you won't—we won't see what it actually does to demand or usage
0: until we have a little bit of more data, right? Yeah. I—I I th- I mean, we probably won't see it all. Yeah. Again, so. Yeah, I mean they, obviously, they do have some of the numbers, but who the hell again, who who knows? It certainly is a cost-cutting measure. Yeah. Uh and maybe and, that, and and they're going to lose some revenue too. So I'll we'll yeah. say yeah.
1: Um Colombian Airlines are uh, going bankrupt. <laughs> and
0: well, the Air Force. is... <laughs> yeah. So Viva was trying like was falling apart for the last several months and was trying to merge with one of the, with Avianca, I think, and then Someone else tried to buy them and it got weird, and like they were like, hey, government, could you could you act on this? Like, let us know what's going on. And the government sort of never did and just kept dragging its feet and they're like, hey, well, we tried, we ran out of money. Goodbye. <laughs> and then since they've actually collapsed, that was it, the they actually shut down operations in February. Since they've shut down operations, I think the government has finally approved the Abiyanka deal, but who the heck knows what's going on there now? There's some strict conditions about opening up slots and other things. Um and then Ultra Air, which I had never heard of, it is one of the random low-cost airlines with, like, six planes flying around, mostly domestic. Mm-hmm. Went out of business a couple of weeks ago. Oh, things are going great. Yeah. And so the Colombian president has apparently offered up the presidential aircraft and potentially also getting the Air Force to, like, move people around, I guess, on whatever planes they have.
1: I booked a flight on a 737 and I ended up on a C-130. Yeah. Like you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rather than being stranded where you are with no way to get home, <laughs> and there's like you know thousands of displaced passengers, so it's pretty bad. Wow. Um, the other interesting thing about that Colombia as, as a market in general is Wingo, which is the local arm of Copa. Mm-hmm. So like a long time ago now, Copa bought into the Colombian market and rebranded. It was like Copa Colombia or something like that, and they rebranded it to Wingo and they're flying international stuff, they're actually getting back into the domestic market to try to pick up some of this traffic too. Wow. So.
1: I mean, do you think, I mean, with this uh, buyout, do you think, or this purchase of um, Aviemica? I mean, oh, yeah. or, or sorry, Viva, um, is, is it going to be, do you think this will relieve it, or do you think they're just going to struggle the same amount or more?
0: If they can get some of the capacity back into service, that would be good. Yeah, If they have to give up a bunch of gates and slots and whatever and can't, I mean, they don't have to give up everything, so there's some opportunity there. But yep. it, it'll be interesting to see just how much uh, comes back to life, but also at what price, mm. right? The, the challenge was Viva was a so low cost and, you know, whatever, and Abiyaka historically is not. And so they do still have some cheaper fares, but, like, what what's the price point going to be? With less competition, the fares are going to come up is that yeah, you know, is there going to be demand at that price point? Yep. yep. Interesting. So. Um, China Southern
1: and China Eastern are going to get some max deliveries, potentially? Maybe.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Uh, they seem to think that that's going to happen. They've tried. Okay. Uh, they, they, they've announced that they, right, these plants have been on hold for a long time. I think China Southern even announced that they're expecting more deliveries than were actually previously indicate like previously announced his orders. Mm-hmm. They want to accelerate them because they want to rebound and grow and restore capacity and all that other fun stuff. But, I think China Southern also announced that it lost like $5 billion last year. Oh. Well, when you're not really flying. Yeah. Speaking okay. of, it, it must be nice to um, have money to burn like that. But also, more to the point, just trying to like we've talked about the MAX situation in China for a long, long time now. Um, since the grounding, basically earlier this year, around January, like the first of, or what we thought was one of the last hurdles was crossed of getting it recertified and they're flying again, Mm -hmm. but getting new deliveries is still not really a thing. And the Chinese government basically has to say, it's okay for deliveries to start again. And right now, U S China relations are not super strong. Yeah. So I don't know if they can like do a live TikTok stream of the delivery, (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. God. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we can get po- we can, we don't have to be a political. To be fair, we should be looking at all, uh, you know, so, privacy, all social media yeah. privacy. It, it's kind of crazy and asinine to ban one platform, but and uh, But they're communists, Stephen. I mean, I to, I get the point, right? Like you're they're sharing the data with the state. I totally get it, but that's I still think you should address the problem as a whole, not as a.
0: And also, one. like, let's not pretend that the U.S. companies aren't also. Yes, facilitating. Facilitating some of that access for governments in maybe there's a war, maybe there's not, but it's yeah. pretty terrible. Yeah, exactly. So
1: anyway, uh, not to you, you, yeah. people know where we stand on this. Um let's talk yeah, about easy. What's that? You think people figured it out based on that? Maybe, know. maybe, I don't know. Uh tell me about EasyJet's travel vision for twenty seventy.
0: So this was interesting. Uh <laughs> They put out a press release. I finally read it. I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But, uh, it's, they got, so, easy to put out the press release. It's sort of like, we got Britain's finest futurists to tell us what they think is going to happen. Okay. So, uh, let's start with a bunch of these people, uh, have a job title of futurist. <laughs> and, but like, some of the things that are being talked about is likely to have happened by then. Uh, 3D-printed recyclable holiday clothes available on arrival at the hotel so you don't have to have a suitcase. Digital holographic personal concierge accompanying holidaymakers to provide up-to-date destination information and advice. Autonomous rent a car vehicles at at the destination. Uh, Week-long holiday package trips to the moon. In-flight entertainment beamed directly in front of passengers' eyes, doing away with the need to download shows before you fly or the need for onboard TV screens.
1: Okay.
0: 3D printed hotel buffet food serving up any all-inclusive breakfast, lunch, and dinner that holiday makers desire and reducing food waste. Ergonomic and biomimetic sensory plane seats that adapt to passengers' body shape, weight, and temperature providing ultimate comfort. In-ear real-time translation. Okay. Smart hotels with personalized holiday rooms that adapt and configure to travelers' needs and wants subterranean hotels built into the fabric of the earth that are super energy efficient and at one with the environment time traveling holiday experiences via haptic suits that allow you to visit, visit historical sites and see how life would have played out in a prior era. So it's like, it's like,
1: (laughs) it's like they got, they're going to get rid of all of those. um, Oh, come, come to, you know, Gettysburg
0: and see how we lived or whatever. Well, you'll go to Gettysburg, but you'll put on a suit and, like, be dirty immediately? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and the biometric heartbeat passports. This is another interesting one where they, they'll they be able to... You're apparently, every heartbeat has a unique rhythm to it. Okay. Um, that people would be... You're, you would just walk through and they can detect that heartbeat seamlessly and know who you are going through security and check it and everything else. I don't know that Some of these seem reasonable... Um, the other thing I thought that was interesting in the study, and I'm trying to find it in this report now, is that, like, 85% of passengers will have eVTOL transfer between home and the airport by 2070. Wow. Straight up Jetsons play.
1: I mean, 2070 is, you know, 47 years away. Yes. Um, Some of this stuff does seem reasonable. I think, like, the the, the topics of, like, and, and a lot of these things, like, when I hear these, like, futurists, which I hate that name, but when I hear people talk about the future, a lot of the things are stretch goals and, like, we're going to make progress to these things, but you're never going to get to that, like, the thing that's been talked about, like, the hotels underground to save energy. I think what you're going to see is actually, like, less of that and more just, like, how do we make a hotel more energy efficient? Like, that, yeah. that'll that happen. I think that's real. Or the food waste. I think that's a great one. Like, we, I don't know if it's going to be 3D
0: printed. That, that's the part of it that's weird to me. It's like, why are we calling it 3D printed food? Yeah, it it looks like a chicken breast, but it's really tofurky, and we 3D printed it. (laughs) And, like, 3D printed clothes to... Like, if you want... I don't know, like, if you want to get clothes at the destination, you can get clothes at the destination, I guess. If it's 3D printed, is that because it's plastic, and then they can melt it down into, like, the polyester and rebuild it as something else again?
1: Because
0: that sounds super uncomfortable to me.
1: It's super uncomfortable and wasteful. Like... The energy. well no because you' can just recycle your shirt into the next guy's shirt yeah but it still takes energy to 3d print things
0: yes I know
1: <laughs> so I don't know I mean I get some of it I get some of it I, I get it like you have to you have to have people who are thinking about these things because you're going to need to make start making inroads and in those things yeah like my example would be if the people who worked at Apple on on Siri had had someone in the futurist department going you know there's this thing Called AI, and it's much better than Siri. That can't answer basic questions. We should probably go that way. Have you have you heard this interview with the guy from Siri? No. You, uh, so like
0: I'm worried that you think AI is good at answering questions.
1: No, no. Oh, well, it's not. I mean, I, I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Uh, so, um, this 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 guy from Apple that they they were on the podcast or whatever we were interviewing, and he was like, it takes us uh, if if we needed to, if you needed to add a term to the database for Siri, uh, you had to do it in all the languages. And the recompiling of the database or re uh, packaging of the database took six weeks to do for one term. What? Like, how would this? How is this ever efficient? Like, that's why you need the futurist. You need the futurist to go. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a model, and we're gonna throw everything at it, and then it's gonna come up with some better. And you would probably get better results than whatever series doing. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, in what world does six weeks for a database packaging make any sense? Yeah, that's insane. Um, but anyway, let's talk about roam around because you you brought this up on a show many, many moons ago. Yeah. Um, and I finally got it to work. I guess they finally, you know, bought some more tokens for uh, access to the APIs that they're using. Yeah. Um, but I ran Portland through it, and it suggested things like Voodoo Donuts, which n- maybe tourists go to,
0: I guess. You know one thing. If you think about what it's feeding from, Yeah. if you go and do a search online for what are the top things to visit in Portland, Oregon, every post is going to say Voodoo Donuts, so that's what it did. And then it suggested Pock Pock, which has been closed since 2020. And if I remember correctly, it's based... Most of the chat GPT, I heard this the other day, is based on a 2021 snapshot of the internet. Yes, exactly. So that lines up with that as well. Yeah, my, yeah I, know, I was just... open open the bear here a little bit. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Linnea, my wife, made a good comment the other day when we were talking about it at dinner one night. And she's like, basically, it's something of a... It's going to become a situation where the computers are writing content for other computers to read. Yeah. And it's gonna become like a self serving circle jerk of training itself on other terrible stuff. And when there's no new content, like future, you know, there's the potential that in twenty seventy the only thing the AI is gonna know about is what the internet thought about twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. The future sounds
1: amazing. I can't wait. That- <laughs> I mean it's it's it is it is one of those topics where I think I think AI like what I want AI to do. Like I think there's some things that AI could do really well. Like here, build me an itinerary for a trip. Okay, great. Knowing me, knowing right as a tool, user, right, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be
0: need refined. You'd like it to know that Stephen likes cities and Seth likes beaches and Foz yeah. likes what like whatever you know. Yep. Yeah. You'd like it to know you a little bit and get some of that personalization that we've been promised also for decades. Yep. Or not decades, but certainly years. Right, and
1: and I think, and I think AI is capable of that. And we've we've moved terms, right? It used to be ML, like machine learning. Now it's AI, and it's not like this is like stuff that's like the computer's thinking. It's not self-aware, right? It's it's taking a model that someone's written (laughs) and
0: applying highly advanced mass volume statistics and data processing. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's Google without the googling. So you know, it's that's that's what it is. Um, Anyway, we're going to talk about some fun stuff in the bonus. Uh, show for our Patreon subscribers. We're going to talk about Hello Kitty. Um, we're going to talk about Breeze and some growth they're doing. Uh, another uh, bit of news in, in Mexico and then some stuff in Paris that's going on. So, stay tuned for that um, for our Patreon subscribers. But to everyone else, thank you for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a tweet. Uh, you know, Send us an email. We, we would love to respond and, and have a conversation. So, uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Happy travel. travels.